Good morning, everyone. If you will, be turning to Song of Solomon. Song of Solomon, we're going to look at or chapter 2. And as you're turning, let me say what a privilege it is to be here. Uh, I've met some of you 40 years ago. I've met some of you recently. But it's a joy. It's a joy to be in the house of the Lord where the gospel is, where the gospel is taught, where the children of God meets, and where we're gathered here this morning to look at His Word, to study His Word, to see what He says unto us. <clears throat> it's one thing for the gospel, or one thing for the for the Word to be preached, but what does it say to me? What is the scripture that we're going to look at this morning, what does it say to me? Right now. Right now is when I need it. Right now. We, we know that we believed years ago. We believe today. We, we, by the grace of God, will believe tomorrow. So what does this word, what does it say to me right now? And that's what we want to try to look at. Solomon was a man that God used greatly. Some say that he was the wisest man other than the Lord Jesus Christ in all the Scriptures and all the days. The writer of 1 Kings chapter 4 and verse 29 said this concerning Solomon. And God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding exceedingly much, exceedingly much, and largeness of heart, even as the sand is of the seashore, and Solomon's wisdom excelled the wise of all the children of the east and all the wisdom of Egypt. And he spake, he spake 3,000 proverbs and his songs were a 1,005. And if you read Solomon's writings, he has one thing set forth clearer than any other writer that I've read. And that is the love that Christ had for the church. And the love that we have for our Lord. This thing of love runs, if you read this, the Song of Solomon, it's a love story between the church and her bridegroom, the Lord Jesus Christ. And they begin to, to expound upon one another. And to the point that it's hard to tell Sometimes, is it the church speaking or is it the Lord speaking? And as they, as they say their vows, they say their statements to one another, it is so intertwined with this thing of love. And that's what we want to try to look at. Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 1. This is our Lord speaking. He said, I am the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valley. As the church sees him, oh, the beauty, the majesty, the glory that belongs to him. And as we see him through the Spirit, as we see him through the, through the, the Word of God that is, that is taught and is preached, this is him. 
There's no one that can compare to Him. He's greater than all. And if you read the book of Revelation, it talks about Him when John said, I saw, I turned and saw Him and His face was like the shining sun. Here He says, I'm the rose of Sharon. I'm the lily of the valley. These are the words concerning Himself. Describing Himself. And they're the only words that can even come close to describing Him. Who can describe the beauty of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? He is preferred above all. When we see Him rightly, when we see Him by the grace of God, when we see Him by the wisdom that God gives us, we have to say, oh, He is the most beautiful, powerful Savior that ever came into existence. And as God saw Him, Paul said, wherefore God has highly exalted Him. When He saw the finished work, when God saw the finished work that our Lord Jesus Christ did for His people, God said, come up here. Sit down on my right hand. How exalted. There's no other name given under heaven whereby we must be saved. And this is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our bridegroom. Our bridegroom. He has entered into a relationship with you and I as the husband and the wife enters into a relationship. They become one. And we become one in Him. When this relationship comes to an understanding and when it comes to the thoughts and intents of our heart, we enter into it and we say we're one with Him. We're one with Him. Just as the wife and the husband is, so are we. And even closer than that. Even closer than this natural relationship that we have. But only the church, only the believers can enter into this. Other men stand and say, well, what's what's any different from the God that I serve? Much. Much in every way. Because He and He alone is a Savior of sinners. These other gods that men talk and teach about, they're, they're trying to do something, they attempt to do something, but eventually it just left up to you. But oh, this God, this Lord, this Savior, come with power and might, with authority and says, come. And what do we do? We come. We come at His bidding. We come and we are joined together with Him to the point that we are one with Him. Look what He says in verse 2. As the lilies among the thorns, so is my love among the daughters. Our Lord says that His church is as the lilies among the thorns. We live in a world. We live in a we live in an association or a society that is nothing but thorns and thistles or rocks. Oh, but thanks be unto God, He comes through and says, "This one's mine. I've picked the lily. This one's mine, and I'm His." 
the daughters of the of love among the daughters. Oh, although growing among thorns and unfruitful tares, he declares us to be the lilies of the valley. Look what he says in verse 3. Here's the response of the church back to our Lord. As the apple tree among the trees of the woods, so is my beloved among the sons, among the sons. And she said, I sat down. I sat down under his shadow with great delight. Oh, is this not the truth concerning us of all the troubles and trials and tribulations of this life. We come to Him we sit down. Sit down. Under the shadow. Out of the heat. Out of the, tur- out of the, 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 the terrible winds and out of the dust storm and stuff. Just sit down. Sit down. With much delight. Just sit down here where I am. And his fruit was sweet to my taste. Oh, the word of God is sweet. It tells us all the goodness and the glory that that Christ has. We see through it like dimly or darkly. But oh, when we see him, there's none to be compared to him. He is as the apple is among the trees of the woods. He's the only fruit we have. These other trees are barren. They bring forth thick, uh, thorns and thickles, but He, oh, He brings forth this good fruit, ready to be desired, ready to be taken in, and it's sweet to my taste. Oh, that it may be. As the writer here, Solomon said, His tree is a, sh- a place of shade and a shadow. And I sat down with great delight. And his fruit was sweet to my taste. So Christ, so our Lord Jesus Christ, our apple tree for shade, our rest and our food. Mr. Gill said, I sat down under his shadow with great delight. Under the shadow of the apple tree to which Christ is compared, whose person, his blood, and his righteousness cast a shadow, which which is a protective shadow from the heat of the divine wrath of God, from the curse of the fiery law. We're under a shadow. We have a shade tree. We, We have a place of delight in Him. We have a place of rest in Him. And from the fiery darts of Satan, and from the fiery the Fury persecution as is a cooling, comforting, and refreshing one like the shadows of a great rock to a weary traveler. Is not this his fruit sweet to our taste? His word is a lamp unto my feet and his word is sweet to my taste. Look what he says in verse 4. This is the church. 
He brought me to the banquet house. Oh, is that not where we're at today? Is that not what we're here for today? A banquet house. The table is set. The food is supplied. Come and dine. Come and dine with us. Brother Scott Richardson said years ago, he said, come with us. We'll do you good. And that's what it is. We've entered into a banquet house, a place where there's everything that we need to find satisfaction and delight. We find it right here in this banquet house. By His grace, He sought me. By His love, He called me. And by His blood, He bought me. And by His Spirit, He brings me into the house of the Lord. He brings me to the place where I can, where I can sit down and just worship the Lord. There's no worship in running and jumping and all these things. We come into a house that is prepared for us. And we come and we sit down in comfortable seats and we sit here and just feed me. Oh, feed me. Give me drink. Give me understanding. Give me love. All that is poured out upon us. The Scripture says, He loadeth us daily with benefits. The benefits of His love and His mercy and His grace is so abundantly unto His people. Is not this the banquet house where we feed upon Him and rejoice in His great love? Look at the next phrase. And his banner over me was love. Why did he seek me? Why did he call me? Why did he bring me into the house of banquet house? It's because of his love for me. For his love that he, he so gave himself. No greater love has any man than this, that he's laid down his life for his friend. And that's what he did. But he laid down his life, and while we were yet enemies against God, we were reconciled unto the Lord Jesus Christ. Or reconciled by Christ unto God. The reason for my being in the banquet house is because God loved me. John said, Herein is love. Not that we love God. Oh, men talk want to talk about oh how I love Jesus. Oh what I've done for Jesus. Oh no. We have nothing to offer except our sin. It's all in his hand. It's all because of who he is and what he did for us that we can say, I love him. But the only reason I love him is because he first loved me. And he did all these things for me. You know, when when a man meets his prospective wife, he does everything possible to please her, to satisfy her, to woo her unto himself. And that's what Christ does for his people. Everything that I need He's my wisdom to know God. He's my righteousness before God. He's my sanctification before God to, the, to be made holy. And He's my wisdom. Oh, that I may know Him and be found in Him. 
not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ. And he brings me, and he puts this banner over my head, all around me, and said, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Look what he says in verse 5. He stayed me with flags. These are large vessels of wine. He sustained me with everything I need for refreshing. He comforted me with apples. He gave me everything I need. He's my food. He's my desire. Look what it says here. For I am sick of love. And what he's talking about here, I'm lovesick. I'm lovesick. I'm not sick of this love. I'm lovesick. I desire more of it. Not a loathing of it, but a wanting of it. An eager desire for more of it. The old song we sang at home, more about Jesus would I know. More of His grace to others show. More of His saving full of sea. More of His love who died for me. This is where it's at. We want to know more about Him. We want to see more of His face. We want to see more of His goodness and His greatness. And the only place that we can see this is in the banquet house where the Word of God is proclaimed. Now look here, the intimacy between Christ and His church. Verse 6. His left hand is under my head. And His right hand does embrace me. Can we get any closer? Can we get any more intimate with the Lord Jesus Christ than right here? We're in His arms. He puts His hand out and supports us with His left hand. And with His right hand, He brings us to Himself. As the bridegroom reaches out and embraces his bride, supports her, and with the other hand draws her near, so Christ does for the church. He holds her, he supports her with both hands. Who's going to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus? And Paul gives a whole list of things. It's nothing. I am persuaded that there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Who can tear me from His arms? Who can offer me anything better than He has? Not one. Not one. Paul said, let your conversation be without covetous and be content with such things as you had. For He has said, I'll never leave thee. I'll never forsake thee. So that we may boldly say, The Lord, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Verse 7. I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, by the row and by the hind of the field, that you stir not up, nor wake my love 
till he pleases. I don't know much about this. I, I had some trouble as I was studying this, and I went back and read something that Mr. Poole said, Mr. Mr. Trapp and Gill, and some of the other ones, and they varied a little bit on who was who was speaking here. Is this the church speaking of the Lord, or is this the Lord speaking of the church? Personally, and this is just personally, I think this is Christ talking of the church. She has fallen asleep with his left hand under her arm or under her head. And she has fallen asleep with the right hand embracing her. And he tells all those around her, you don't wake her. You don't wake her up until I'm pleased. Until I'm pleased. Let her rest. Let her rest. Look at verse 8 and 9. For the voice of my beloved, behold, he cometh, leaping upon the mountains, skipping upon the hills. My beloved is like a roe in a young heart. Behold, he standeth behind our walls, and he looketh forth at the windows, showing himself through the lattice. Now, the church is awake out of her sleep. The church is now, her eyes are blurry from sleep. And she hears the voice of her beloved. Behold, he's coming. This arouses her. This, this is, wakes her up and she sits upon her, she stands up. He's leaping upon the mountains. He's skipping upon the hills. And my beloved, oh, like the roe or a young heart, behold, he standeth behind the wall. He standeth there. And I see him through a glass dimly or darkly. My eyes have been asleep, but now they're awakened and we see him, but we only see him through the lattice. There's things that, that obstructs our vision. There's things that we don't see him as we need to see him. And there's things that we don't see, or there's things that we see that obstructs us from seeing him clearly. You remember how it was said of Old Testament scriptures and types and shadows? We saw him then in the Old Testament scriptures, in the old prophets. We saw him, but we saw him through a, through a substitute. We saw him through a representative. We saw him through a sacrifice. But oh, we see through, we see him through the lattice, things that obstruct our vision. And Paul said, for we know in part. And that's what it is. We only see a glimpse of Him here and here and here. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. For we see through a glass dimly or darkly. Oh, but then, then I know in part. But then I shall know Him even as I am known. Face to face with Christ my Savior. Face to face, what will it be? Oh, the day is coming and joy is bringing that I shall see Him face to face. Look at what He says in verse 10. We'll hurry. My beloved spake and said unto me, Rise up. Oh, rise from your sleep. Rise, my beloved, my fair one, and come away. Here is His tender call unto His people. 
He awakes us out of this sleep and slumber. And He says, My beloved, my love, my fair one, come away. Come with me. Come with me. Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Here the voice of Christ speaks to the church and tells us, Rise up, my love. Awake out of your sleep and come. Come with me. Put aside what you're doing and come with me. Come and let us rejoice again in the banquet house. Come and let us let us fellowship together. Come unto me. Come unto me. What do we do? What do we do? When the love of our life says come. We come. We come. Oh, we hear His call outwardly by the Word of God, but only by the Spirit of God can we hear it inwardly. Paul said, when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by His grace to reveal His gospel unto me, we come. We come. Look at verse 11. and We'll try to hurry and finish this up. He says, for... Come with me, for lo, the winter is past. The rain is gone. The flowers appear on the earth. The time of singing of the birds is come. And the voice of the turtle dove is heard in the land. The fig tree putteth forth her green figs, and the vines with the tender grapes give a good smell. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. This describes who we were and what we were, and where we were. Before we came to His love, before we experienced His love, we heard His voice. We heard it as in a winter of our soul, cold and dark and desperate. Dark in sin, cold and barren, even dead. And we were under judgment. We were under the judgment of sin. Driven by the winds of Satan's temptation. But at His call, oh, at His call, the winter is past. The summer is now. The spring is now. Our hearts at His call comes. And we hear, oh, we hear, we hear the singing of the birds, joyful sounds. We see the sunshine. We, we hear all these turtle doves and stuff speaking and singing, making a sweet sound. The fig trees. Life has come. Winter is past and now it's springtime. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. Oh, that we may hear His voice and that we may come unto Him every hour of every day. Don't just one time. I'm not talking about something we did 10 years ago or 20 years ago or whatever it is. But at His voice, at His call, let us take the Word of God and come unto Him. And look what He says right here in verse 16. We'll close. My beloved is mine. That's the relationship that we have in Christ. My beloved is mine and I am His. Feed upon the lilies. Everything you need 
you find in me. Feed. Feed your soul upon the good word of God. Thank you for your attention. Thank <clears throat> you.